Hey, this is Pastor Michael Petit from Calvary Chapel, Divine, Texas. Would really like to thank you for taking time to check out our podcast, our Sunday sermons, and our Wednesday night Bible studies. You can always share this, download it, or even find it on Spotify, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, SoundCloud, and pretty much wherever you can find a podcast. You can also find out about our church service times. We have our Sunday service at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night Bible study at 7 p.m. We're located in the Market Media Building. It's located at 203 East College Avenue, Sweet C in Divine, Texas. Plus, if you need to get any other information from the church, you can do all of this at our church website at calvarydivine.org. That's calvarydivine.org. Here's today's teaching. And I'll talk a little bit more about uh, what's going on uh, with, with Ryan and them because a lot of people think that the ministry is just what they do at the church. That's, that's just scratching the surface. Um, and, so, uh, and so we'll talk about that because we've got to talk about trials and, and this, the growth and the spiritual exercise and muscle memory that, that happens when we step out in faith. And so um, that's a good thing. So let's pray. Father God, we thank you so much for today. We do pray for tonight's study. We ask, Lord, that you would... Uh, as we dive uh, deeper into Daniel chapter 3, uh, and, and we hopefully finish this chapter tonight, Lord, but uh, uh, we ask, Lord, as we learn about fiery trials tonight, we pray, uh, Lord, that uh, uh, it's a, there, there are a few reasons why we go through them, and um, I pray uh, we would really uh, not run from them. I think it's so easy for us to question and not want to have anything to do with it, but they're just great opportunities of growth. And at the same time, Lord, the, uh, to remind us that you're right there with us in the, in the fire, uh, protecting us. And, uh, and so I pray, Lord, if anyone is going through that tonight or maybe you're watching online or hearing this on the podcast and you're going, man, that's me. I'm, I've been going through a fiery trial and, and I just need prayer. I just need to hear encouragement, and I pray that you would get that tonight through this word. And uh, we just see the Lord just step out in faith and uh, and save these three Hebrew teenagers. And uh, we thank you for that, Lord. We thank you that it's written down that we can go over this. This is a story that kids have learned through Bible studies time and time again. So um, I pray that uh, that we don't look at it through uh, old eyes so to say but that we would see it through a new way that you would open our hearts to see it and learn from it and so we ask these things in jesus name and everybody said amen amen, amen. so uh we had a couple weeks off so just kind of getting back to where we were at we uh you had nebuchadnezzar uh had the dream that daniel interpreted that the lord interpreted for daniel and and it talked about the statue and the statue uh, the Babylonians being the, the head uh, of gold. And then uh, the prophecy that's going to be fulfilled, and we'll talk about this more as we get into Daniel, how the statue is going to be crushed uh, by the, the stone. Uh, and we believe that's the chief cornerstone, Jesus Christ. And um, we see the prophecy fulfilled as each dynasty falls. But Nebuchadnezzar decides not his. He decides, I'm going to go ahead and build my own statue, and I'm going to build it. It's not completely out of gold. It's almost kind of, I guess you would say it's built 
with dipped in gold so to say all the wood pieces and everything so it's not solid gold but he decides he's going to build the statue and, and make everybody bow to it and so when we left off that's kind of where we were at so let's just pick it up in daniel chapter 3 verse 12 just to get caught up uh just in case you've missed this the last few weeks so you kind of know where we're at in this and so in daniel chapter 3 verse 12 it says there are certain jews whom you have appointed over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, these men, O king, pay no attention to you. They do not serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. So what we have is we have a response from these three men who say, you know what, we're not going to worship this golden image. We're not going to bow down to this golden image. In verse 13, it says, And Nebuchadnezzar, in furious rage, commanded that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be brought. Uh, so they brought these men before the king, and Nebuchadnezzar answered and said to them, It is true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the golden image that I have set up. Now if you are ready, when you hear the sound of the horn, the pipe, the lyre, the trigon, the harp, the bagpipe, and every kind of music to fall down and worship the image that I made, well and good but if you do not worship you shall be uh shall immediately be cast into the burning fiery furnace and who is the god who will deliver you out of my hands so what we see here is we see pride we see a king who thinks he's in control uh and and there are many men that have thought this over their time whether they've been kings or presidents or governors whatever it is they, they feel like I, got, I have control over everything, but we have to remember that the person that is in control is God. In verse 16, it says, And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered the, and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we, uh, we have no need to answer you in this matter. So he's like, we don't even need to answer here. He says, If this be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the, uh, the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of your hand. O king, and this is the big, the big one here. It says, but if not, be it known to you, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. So he's saying God is able to deliver us regardless of what we face. And so one of the things for us is to remember that we're supposed to trust him and be able to uh, step out in faith regardless of the struggle that we're going through. Now, fiery furnace and things that we go through and trials is it's not the trials that you put yourself in with sin that's not what we're talking about you know we're not talking about well i i i robbed the bank and you know now i'm you know i'm facing a, a you know judgment at the jury's hand and i'm praying that god will this is a fiery trial that's not a fiery trial that's something you did to yourself but one of the things that we need to remember is that we need to respond in faith. We need to respond in faith. And, and, and it's a great piece of Scripture. When do we stand up? That was one of the things that we had talked about. When is it, when is it okay for us to stand up uh, and, and stand for God? Um, and, and we talked about that. And David Rosales actually shared a little bit about this at the Calvary Chapel Association uh, conference. And he talked about them just meeting. They didn't go on Facebook, go on Instagram, 
go on TikTok or any of that stuff to say, hey, we're meeting as a church. We're defying you. They just did it quietly. They met as a church. They didn't, they didn't allow the government to stop them. But you know what? The government didn't know, really, because they weren't out there blasting it out. They just did what God had put on their heart, and they stepped out in faith. And I think one of the things that we need to remember is, like, there are going to be times where I think it was uh, uh, the, one of the guys from, oh, I want to say he was from, it was from the men's the retreat that they had the Saturday, and he was talking about it because he's in Palm West. And he goes, man, them news crews show up quick. And, they, and they're trying to twist the news and twist the news. And, and, and he goes, and, they, and the lady goes, well, it, you know, we want to make sure the story gets out. And he goes, well, I want to make sure that you don't misquote me, that you don't misrepresent me. I would like to see the edited version, the unedited version before you put it out. And, and so, you know, at the end of the day, that's the risk you take when you allow the news and stuff to get involved, when you take that step of faith, is that you're going to have to deal with all that too. But I think if God has put something on your heart and you stand and you, you don't need to go broadcast it, you know, you don't need to do Facebook Live and do all that stuff. You just need to stand and do what God has called you to do. Um, no matter what the pressure is. And there's going to be pressure that comes from all sides. And, and that's, that's your life as a believer. Just understand that. Uh, it's, that's your life as a believer. In John 16, verse 33, it says, Have I said these things to you, that uh, in me you may have peace, and the world will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Your peace comes from Jesus. The world's going to squeeze you. And so we need to remember that we serve Jesus Christ, the sovereign king, uh, and, and he's defeated death and, and defeated sin. And, and if you're a believer, this is why we went over that verse in, in Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 through 4, talking about seeking first the, the, the things of, of, uh, of, of heaven and seeking the things that are eternal, because it's so important that you don't focus on the things of this world. They're earthly things. And so that's one of the things. It's like our intimate relationship with Christ is, is so important because what happens is when we don't, we'll start to focus on the things of this world. And we have the promise that, uh, of, of Jesus being with us, and, and yet when pressure comes, people tend to get squeezed and, and they fall away. But we need to stand. Um, in verse 17 it says if this be so our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fire and the furnace he will uh, deliver us out of your hand O king they were confident and this is this when you read these verses this is real faith in the verse and so there's encouragement for us today is that no matter what you're going through your faith God's real faith that God is all-powerful and God will do, do this. He'll keep these things. Uh, as we step out in faith, He'll remind us that even though that it doesn't seem like anything's going to happen, the, the, that Jesus is moving in the background and doing things. And, and they had faith. And these were teenagers. They had real faith. 
And in Matthew chapter 17, verse 19, it says, And the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, Why would we not cast it out? And they were talking about the demons not being cast out. And he said to them, Because of your little faith. It's because of your little faith. For truly I say to you, if you have faith like the grain of a mustard seed, you will have to say to the, this mountain, Move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. I can tell you, you know, as we talk about this type of faith, uh, it freaks a lot of people out when somebody says, I want to pray for you and heal, you know, seek God for healing of your leg. Right? Everybody's like, well, you know, I, don't, I don't know. I can tell you this, and I confirmed this story with the pastor and, and Ryan. So, as they were finishing up and doing the altar call, they were asking if anybody needed prayer or healing. And it was something that we thought about. We should have prayed for healing. That should have been on the list. So we need to add that next time. <laughs> Me and Teresa were like, why didn't we do that? And so um, he went, and, and the husband is saying, you need to go up. You need to go up. And it's that faith of sitting in that chair. Don't want to move. You need to go up. Right? And he says, there's one more person. There's one more person. Now, honestly, if I tell you there's one more person and there's a group of people, there should be one. Right? We can. So, again, you can. You can but when they get up there, because she goes. When they get up there. And they start praying for different ailments. The first group wasn't covered. The last thing said was chronic headaches. Which was exactly what that one person went up for. And that's, that takes faith. It takes faith for the person that's up there. Because <laughs> that's a step of faith. And it takes faith for the, the person in the chair. But if we, if we have faith like that, like, like it says here, for, for truly, if you have faith like a grain of mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will, be move, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. You have to remember that, that there's nothing that's impossible that God can't do. It's, it's all possible for God. But what happens is we have a tendency to... We'll start beating ourselves up. There's no way God can fix the marriage. There's no way that God can heal my child. Uh, we prayed for it. We prayed for it. We prayed for it. And it's like, you know, it's like have that faith to keep going to the Lord and, and keep seeking that healing, keep seeking to save that marriage. That's faith. But I love the faith that they had because in verse 18 they said, but if not, but if not, be it known to you, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. Now, this is where real faith hits the, the rubber meets the road here. Because they're saying, look, it doesn't matter what you do to me, O king, don't care. Because I'm still not bowing to your, right? And, and, and the amazing part about this is these are three teenagers. Three teenagers. 
Hebrews chapter 11, verse 32 says this, and it says, And what shall I say? For the time will fail, uh, fail me to, to Gideon, Barak, Samson, Shaphanite, the David, and Samuel, and the prophets who through faith conquered kingdoms, enforced, and this is very important, who through faith conquered kingdoms, enforced justice, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the power of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, were made strong out of weakness, became mighty in war, put foreign armies to flight, women received back their dead by resurrection, some were tortured, refusing to accept release so that they might rise again to a, to a better life. And this is the other part that people don't want to... This is the but-if part. <laughs> Others suffered mocking and flogging, and even chains and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn in two, they were killed with the sword. Uh, they went about in skin, skins of sheep and goats, destitute and afflicted, mistreated, of whom the world was not worthy, wandering about in the deserts and the mountains and the dens and the caves of the earth. What about Jesus in the garden? The same thing, he's, he's saying the same thing, but if. In Matthew chapter 26, verse 39, and going a little farther, he fell on his face and he prayed, saying, My Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. There's that but, right? And we pull that back, and that's why it tells us in James not to be double-minded. In James chapter 1, verses 6 and 8, it says, But let him ask in faith with no doubting. For the one who doubt is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. It's like we have, to, we have to ask in faith. But he's telling them, these three men are saying, let it be known, we're not going to compromise. We will not compromise. And, and, and our God is, is a real God that we serve. And regardless of how the world presses us or pressures us, uh, pressures us, we stand for God. We stand for God. Now, convictions are your convictions, but I'm not bowing to no man. Okay, I, I, that's plain and simple. And and because I, you know, I serve God. God is who I, I bow to. And, and so, you know, we need to remember that. It's, it's an uncompromising faith. And, and this culture is pushing the Christians to, you need to bow. That's where it's going. And pressure's tightening up. But yet we see Jesus working in our lives through that, that tightening, through that pressure. And saving people that were lost. We saw that this, this past weekend on Sunday. Some that were that had never known the Lord come to know the Lord. And all First Corinthians fifteen verses fifty eight says, Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the la the Lord your labor is not in vain. Stick to what you what God has called you to do. Be steadfast, be unmovable. Abounding in the work of the Lord. I was excited. I was like, let's move on to the next thing. Because that's, you know, that's, that's what we, you know, we got a little bit of time here on earth. 
And, and so I, I love seeing God move and begin to be a part of it. And I know it's a bunch of hard work. And, you know, I know Matt, Matt is still out on the road with him and doing that. And, and so, but at the end of the day, we get to see the Lord and we get to be a part of it. You know, we're sitting in there praying and in the prayer room, we, were, we prayed and, and we, we see the fruits of that prayer being answered as we prayed for people to come to salvation. And, and, and that's just the Lord and all. And we got to be a part of it. Our, our, our little, <laughs> you know, we're just like, really? And, and so it's amazing to see. And, and honestly, to see the, the whole tour thing. You know, when we started talking about this in, in the summer, we never thought it would be this many dates. And they're still going into December. And, and now we're looking at possibly another leg of it. So we're praying for that. And verse 19, it says, And Nebuchadnezzar was filled with fury, and the expression of his faith was changed against Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He ordered the furnace heated seven times more than it usually, usually heated, and he ordered some of the mighty men of his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to cast out them into the burning furnace. Then these men were bound in their cloaks, their tunics, their hats, and their garments, and they were thrown into the fiery furnace because the king ordered, order was urgent, and the furnace overheated the flame of the fire, uh, killed those uh, men who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So the first thing we see is, is we see that his rage, his fury, right? And that, that word fury is actually rage. The anger turns to rage and fury. He's filled with rage and fury. And he turns up the, the furnace seven times hotter. And can I tell you right now, the furnace is being turned up on you. Okay? Since 2020, when all this stuff started, the furnace is being turned up. And, and, and we need to understand that. The 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 The... It's, it's one of those things that we see, and, and the enemy is trying to bound people up. And, and that's why we see he ordered them, the mighty man of his army, to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and to cast them into the burning fiery furnace. He was so angry that he grabs his mighty men. That's his elite fighting force. And he has them bound them up, and yet, tragically, who gets killed? Because of his anger. Right? That's why it tells us in Colossians chapter 3, verse 8, it says, But now you must put them all away, anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Anger turns to wrath. So when anger gets to the point of rage, it becomes wrath. That's why he's like, turn it up seven times hotter doesn't matter that these guys get burned up don't care because those guys are going in next i i have been they defied me right and i'm going to get vengeance that's how he's looking at it i'm being embarrassed in front of all my my government and my leaders these these three hebrews are embarrassing me in Ecclesiastes verse seven, verse nine, uh, chapter seven, verse nine says, "Be not quick in your spirit to become angry, for anger lodges in the heart of fools." 
Never met somebody who gets angry very quickly? I have. It used to be me. It used to be me before Christ. But I've met Christians that are that way. And it's foolish. It's hasty. It's outrage. It's lashing out. And, and when it happens to you, you're just kind of taken aback. Like, brother or sister, what are you doing? Right? In Proverbs 14, verses 9, it says, Fools, uh, fools mock the guilt of offering. It's 14, verse uh, 29, I'm sorry. Fools mock the guilt of offering, but the upright enjoy acceptance. Whoever is slow to anger has great understanding. When you slow down, but it says, But he who has hasty temper exalts folly. So when you, when you slow down, you have great understanding. <laughs> when you're hasty, your temper exalts folly. Now most of us from this point on are very familiar with the story because uh, we learned it probably in Bible study or Bible school. And, and so I hope that we can pull some stuff from here uh, for us to learn. Um, and and it's, one of the things that we know is that it's a... Spoiler alert, you know, somebody's going to show up in the fire. We know that already, right? But they're going to go through a trial. And, and it's a reminder that we are as well. In verse 23, it says, And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell bound into the fiery, into the burning fiery furnace. Now, they fell bound. And, and sometimes that's what happens to us as we fall into a fiery trial. Right? And, and, and it's, it's unavoidable. It's not something that we can get, a, get around or run away from. It's, it's, we fall into it. And, and, and one of the things we need to remember is in Habakkuk chapter 1, verse 5, it says, Look among the nations and see, wonder and be astounded, for I am doing a work in your days that you would not believe if I told you, if, if told. You wouldn't believe it. That's God saying, look, whatever you think is happening here, there's so much that you don't even see. I stand outside of time, <laughs> right? And, and I know what's going to happen. I know the ending. I know the beginning of each of your lives. And I understand when you're going to fall into that fiery furnace or when you're going to fall down into a, a trial, but we need to remember one of the things I said when we first started this chapter in 2 Corinthians 5, 7. It says, we walk by faith, not by sight. We're faith walkers, not talkers. It's easy to talk. And then you get through a, a trial and you're like, man, what is going on? You find out that person was just a hypocrite. They don't really live out their faith that way. In Psalm 34, verse 19, it says, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord, the Lord delivers him out of them all. You have to understand that the, the devil has put a bullseye on each one of you. Each one of us. And if we're dads, that, that means our family, our kids, and our wife as well. And we have to, we have to remember it's God that delivers us. It's God that delivers us through those afflictions and and so we need to remember that and and one of the things that i i love is like i said when we look at first peter here remember the trial that he's talking about the fiery trial is not the trial that you put yourself through so if you rob the bank 
and you're about to go to jail and you're praying lord this fiery trial is tough no this is something you did because of your sin a fiery trial is something that the lord uses and we'll talk about that in first peter chapter 4 verse 12 it says beloved do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you okay that's very important that you get that when not if when it comes upon you to test you as though something strange were happening to you but rejoice in so far as you share Christ's suffering that you may also rejoice and be glad when glory is revealed if you are insulted for the name of Christ you are blessed because the spirit of the glory and of God rest upon you but let none of you suffer as a murderer or a thief or an evildoer or as a meddler Yet if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God in, in, the name, in that name. For it is time for judgment to begin at the whole household of God. And if, if it begins with us, what will, we, what will be the outcome for those who do not obey the gospel of God? And if the righteous is scarcely saved, what will, be the outcome, what will become of the ungodly and the sinner? Therefore, let those who suffer according to God's will entrust their souls to faithful Creator while doing good. Jeremiah chapter 12, verse 5 says this, if you, if, if you have raced with men on foot and they have wearied you, how will you compete with horses? I want to make sure you get that because jeremiah was like i'm done i don't I'm, I'm preaching this and nobody's listening to me god and i don't know what's happening here i'm quitting and he tells them straight up if you can't run with the men how are you going to run with the horses when i give you more and that's a reminder to us as well it's like he wants to each time he's like instead of you saying how can i get out of this why don't you say what can i get out of this that's a hard thing to do. What can I get out of this, God? This trial that I'm in right now, what can I learn from this? What can I get out of this? And as a servant of God, that's what we should be looking for. Is understanding that He loves you enough to test you. To allow that fiery trial to happen in your life. We need to lay hold of God's promises because it builds character in each of our lives. It makes us better servants. Right? But that's what's hard for people. It says in verse 34, or verse 24, it says, King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished and rose up in haste. He declared to the counselor, Did we not cast three men bound into the fire? And they answered and said to the king, True, O king. They were astonished, shocked. The fury stops that quick. That's what happens when somebody's, you know, has anger issues. The, the foot can come off the pedal that quickly. And he's astonished now. Because he's like, wait a minute, we put three people in there and there's four. In the, in the Septuagint, which is the translation of the Hebrew Bible in the Greek language, uh, it talks about the, uh, the day where Nebuchadnezzar's attention was caught because he heard singing and praising. They were worshiping with Jesus. Now that brings us to the other point. Right? 
is this is a, a, an actual uh, moment where Christ shows up. And it's, it's actually a uh, Christophany, uh, which is where Jesus is showing up in the Old Testament. So we can imagine the king staring into the furnace and looking and trying to figure out what exactly, why aren't these guys being consumed? Why am I hearing singing, right? And we, we saw this this past week in our verse in Mark chapter 7, verse 37. It says, and they were astonished beyond measure. That's what happens when God shows up. You're astonished beyond measure that you even get to see it. You want to sit right there in it, right? Because it's, it, it brings you closer to the Lord. There, and that, that word astonished beyond measure, again, it was their, their amazement. Their mouths are open. Same thing with Nebuchadnezzar. He's like, what is going on? Right? And, and you know, he does all things good well. He even makes the deaf hear and the mute speak. And, and I shared this with Ryan because Ryan had went through a trial and before this book came out of it. That's what birthed the book. I told him, I was like, you understand that when I, when I share this verse with you, he does all things well. I'm sure you didn't think that when you were going through that trial. When you lose a mother or a father or a son or a daughter and you read he does all things well, you probably don't think that. When you're diagnosed with an illness or a, a long-term disease or something that's going on in your life, you probably don't think he's done all things well. But he does. God's working. Can I tell you that something that's really important? The whosoever's movement is not just what shows up at the church. They spent two days at a teen rescue center. Two days. Uh, Christina, one of the people that works with um, Ryan, came out. Because uh, it was a girls' uh, teenage center, and they don't let you know the location because they can't. Uh, a couple of them had been trafficked. And uh, she goes and she shares her testimony. Ryan shares his testimony. And then they tell Matt, you need to share yours and share a word with him. And so Matt does that as well. Um and then the next day, Ryan shares the message of Kill the Noise and talks about the book. And, and, and seven of those girls gave their life to the Lord. Two of them that were trafficking. Two. They walk out to the pond, and they get baptized right there. And my son got to be, my, for the first time, my son baptized somebody. The kid, David, that came with him, been struggling in his faith, trying to figure things out, gets baptized too. Ryan had just ran into the mom on Thursday or Wednesday or Thursday, and, well, why don't you let him come with us to California, go, come to Texas? Throw him in the car, and he came, and look what God does. So when you, and, and this is not an endorsement for these guys, but it, for me, I've seen the ministry of what they do. It's, it's not what they do at the church. It's so much beyond what they do. 
And, and so when you buy the books or you buy the shirts or whatever you do, that all goes towards that ministry and the work that they're doing in the schools. And, and, and it's so much, but it's a reminder to us that even though these trials are happening, that God is still moving. And we should be, take time to be astonished by Him. We should be. Because I know I sat and cried last night as I, you know, Matt tells me. He tells me, Dad, you have no clue how, how much the Holy Spirit's moving. It's crazy. And, and it's important for us to remember to take time. It's so much in the world to, to, that can be negative and turn us away from the Lord. And that's what the enemy wants. But there's, you need to sit in that moment. And we're going to talk about that this weekend too. Uh, being at the feet of Jesus. And, and so it's so important. In verse 25 it says, He answered and said, But I see four men unbound so now their chains are gone right or their bound isn't is gone right they're walking in the midst of the fire and they they are not hurt and the appearance of the fourth is like the son of the gods now again this is a christophany which is a, just a fancy word for jesus appearing in the in the old testament so you know don't think that mike knows big words i don't and so it's a, uh, the Son of God is not something that, that, that he would have understood, the king, but it's what he says. And so that fourth person that's in the fire is Jesus Christ. That's the pre-incarnate appearance in the Old Testament. And you can study this. You can type in pre-incarnate Old Testament times where Jesus shows up, and it'll give you a list of scriptures where Jesus shows up. The whole Bible is about Jesus. From beginning to end. So we need to remember that. So Matt, uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were thrown into the flame, and they found that they weren't alone. And, and the God that they had pro uh, professed in faith <laughs> was right there in the fire with them. Right? The contrast, though, is for us to remember, what happened to those king's men? The elite, mighty men of the king were burned up. And, and the real faith, Shadmach, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they survived. And it's a contrast, it's a reminder to us about the eternal fire of hell. Those who belong to God and confess God and those who don't. And how God's wrath will eventually be uh, will separate us from God and we will be thrown into the eternal fire if we, don't, if we haven't chosen to follow Jesus Christ. And for those who are, are His believers, you know, you, you have eternal presence with God. He delivers us from the wrath. Hebrews 13.5 says, Keep your life free of love or money and be content with what you have, for He has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. These guys were like, hey, but if we're in heaven. <laughs> right. 
God will not abandon you. Matthew 28, verse 20, it says, Teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. So when I'm going through those trials, it reminds me that Jesus is there. All right? In 20, verse 25, he, said, he answered and said, But I see four men unbound walking in the midst of the fire, and they are not hurt. And the appearance of the fourth is like the son of the of the uh, son of the gods. And so, why why does God allow fiery trials? One, it 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 actually shows you have faith. It tests your faith, and that's in in First Peter chapter one verse uh, six and seven. It says, "And this rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, so that the tested." genuineness of your faith more precious than gold uh, more uh, more precious than gold that perishes though it is tested by the fire uh, may be found to test result in praise and glory and the honor of that revelation of Jesus Christ and so one of the things we see is that we're our faith is tested and we need to remember that God's plan and actions and preparations and things that are happening is to prepare us for heaven right and, and, and so we need to remember that. It's, it's God who prepares us. It's our textbook being the Bible, right? And, and the real-life experiences that we go through is, is the tools that we have that we're supposed to use, that we should have by muscle memory or spiritual muscle memory, being able to go to the Word, being able to go to prayer, being able to go in fellowship, being able to seek a brother or sister, a godly brother or sister for wisdom or discernment or help. You know, those are, those are tools that God has, has given us. We have the power of the Holy Spirit. And it's all to prepare us for what's to come. The trial can also work good in us. One of the things we see is the bonds were broken. As they fall, fall down... Bound, the three men counted in joy. It produced something good in their lives. It allowed it to work. And, and, and that's the one thing that, that trials do. It allows it to work in each one of us. And we learn through the difficulties and the good results come out of it. In James chapter 1, verses 2 and 4, it says, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you... Meet trials of various kinds, for you know the testing of your faith produces steadfastness, and let the steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. It says if you, if you fall into trials, not, that's a reminder to us. It's like, it's that reminder in Peter, First Peter, that you are going to go through trials. When you go through trials, right? You can expect them. And, and so he's saying, when you go through trials, and what is a trial? It's simply because we're human. Sickness, accidents, disappointments, tragedies, they're all trials. We have Satan that's constantly opposing us. And, and we're in a battle for that as well, resulting in that battle. And that's a, that's a trial as well. But it's all for the good. It also is preparation to take us home. 
Now, that's hard for some people to wrap their heads around. Because a lot of us are okay with heaven, but we're not good with death. It tells you to pick your cross up and die to yourself daily, knowing that this could be your last day on this earth. Could be. That's why it says in verse 18, But if not, be known to you, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. They're like, it doesn't matter. You can throw us into the furnace. If we die, we die. Now, a lot of people aren't good with that. Because they're clinging to this world. Stephen, uh, the first martyr in the, in, the, in the new church, in the book of Acts, and uh, in, in, verse, in chapter 7, verse 54, it says, Now when they heard these things, they were enraged, and their, in the ground their teeth, uh, they ground their teeth at him. But he, full of the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And he said, Behold, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. But they cried out with a loud voice and stopped their ears and rushed together at him. He was okay with it. Like, I, where's his head at? He ain't worried about this no more. I'd rather be here, you know? And so we need to understand. It's like we're afraid to die, but we're not afraid to go to heaven. A lot of people are that way right now. They'll cling and cling. And it's like when we step out in faith, we step out in faith knowing that if I, if I step out and say, Lord, this is what you called me to do. If I, you send me out to the mission field in northern Africa or Syria or Afghanistan, I'm, I have to be okay with saying, you know what? I'm okay. If this is my last day, I'm okay. That's why the missionaries used to take their, their um, caskets with them when they went out because they knew they were going to die. Absent to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. In 2 Corinthians 5, 8, it says, Yes, we are of good courage. We would rather be away from the body and at home with the Lord. That's that groaning we were talking about this past weekend. Your home is there, not here. Also, a trial can, we get to see the Lord show up. You would leave the fire and, and, and back to the king and back to the world, but they didn't want to leave. You can imagine they're probably not wanting to leave Jesus, but they got to go back to the king, right? But they get to see the Lord show up. Jeremiah 29 verse 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil and, and to, good, uh, to give you a future and a, and a, and a hope. And 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verses 7 through 12 says, But we have these treasures in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to, to God and not to us. Those jars of clay, very fragile. Right? can be broken. You, man, you bang a jar of clay, it breaks easily. We are afflicted in every way, but, uh, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not driven to despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Always carrying 
in the body, the body, the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our bodies. For we uh, who live are always being given over to the death uh, for Jesus' sake, so that life of Jesus may also be manifested in our mortal flesh. So death is at work in us, but life in you. And so we see in verse 26, it says, uh, the Shadrach, Meshach, and the Abednego servants of the Most High God come out and come here. And so that, we're going to see that expression, Most High God, sovereign over all, repeated over and over in Daniel chapter 4, uh, 5, and Daniel chapter 7. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be one of those things that we'll see repeated over and over. And I'm trying to see how many verses we still got. Oh, we can finish it up. I'll, I'll get moving here. Uh, verse 27 says, And the satraps and the prefects and the governors and the king's counselors gathered together and saw that the fire had not had any power over the bodies of those men. So they weren't even bur uh, burned up. 2 Corinthians 4.17 says, For this light momentary affliction is preparing us for eternal weight of glory beyond comparison. And Isaiah chapter 43 verse 2 says, When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And though the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, and the flame shall not consume you. And so it says in, in the rest of that verse, The hair of the heads were not, uh, not singed, the cloaks were not harmed, and no smell of fire had come upon them. Verse 28, Nebuchadnezzar answered and said, And blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and delivered his servants who trusted in him and set aside the king's command and yielded up their bodies rather than serve and worship any god except their own god. And so the angel is actually a specific angel that's listed uh, when you break it down in the, in the strong concordance. It's actually the angel of the Lord. Um, it's the angel. It's a very specific angel uh, as it's written in the Greek. And, and David Guzik sums it up really easy with the Most High God. He, he breaks it down this way. He says, He is the God of the Hebrews. He is the God who sends the Savior, His Son. He is the God of, of great power. He is the God of, who's worthy of trust. And He is the God worthy of full surrender. He is the God who demands exclusive allegiance. And then it says in verse 29, it says, Therefore I make a decree in any people, nation, or language that speaks anything against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be torn limb from limb. Yeah, what a change, right? Here we went from filled with rage to now, hey, don't say anything bad about this God, right? And, and their house is laid in, in ruins, for there is no other God who is able to rescue in this way. And so we have a pagan God who's now exalting the true God, right? He's a, a pagan king who believes in these false gods, and he's actually exalting the name of the true God because he saw what God could do. And God used this horrible moment with these three Hebrews who were believers to touch the heart of a hardened king. And we're going to see this continue uh, as we continue in, in chapter 4. But this guy's going to be hard-headed, like we all can be, right? So when, as we read this and we see the next thing he does, and, and we're going to be like, oh, my Lord, right? As, as the king, we can do the same thing. Our hearts can get hard, too.
right? We can, we can turn to rage as well. Verse 30, the final verse, it says, Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. Again, 1 Corinthians 16, verses 13 through 14, Be watchful, stand firm in the faith, act like men, be strong, let all that you do be done in love. These men stood up. And one of the things that we know is that the, we're at the end of the age. We're waiting for the second coming of Christ, which is real soon. And the furnace is being turned up. And you may be asked to stand for God. And, and you need to understand that we talked about when we're supposed to stand and how we're supposed to stand. Uh, if, and if you haven't, you, you, you can go back and listen to the teaching to go over that. There's also a devotional that goes over that. And, and, and there are times when we will have to do that. But we need to take great faith and prayer and courage and the faith of God that, that we need to stand tall for Christ. And, and we are not bowing to the gods of this world. Okay? And, and you know, that's something that we need to remember. Um, one thing that, I, that stood out to me that I just wrote down is, is I didn't do a bunch of applications for it, I'm sorry. They're not on there, but I wrote one question down. It says, do I see trials and afflictions as opportunities to bring God glory? Or do I see them as an irritation? And I, I start questioning them. When a trial comes, am, am I seeing it as these three Hebrew kids? And they saw it as we're going to bring glory to God no matter what happens. Even if we die in the furnace. Right? They weren't afraid of death. Or am I going to be that person who's constantly questioning God? Why am I going through this, Lord? Why are you doing this now? Right? Can I, this is very important that you get this. It doesn't matter if you've been walking with the Lord for a year or 30 years. <laughs> Your trials... He's still growing every one of us. And it doesn't matter if you have a title by your name or you don't have a title by your name. Everybody is growing. As a Christian, they should be. And trials are part of the thing that we go through. God uses them. So are you going to allow Him to use those and are you going to bring glory to God? Or are you going to seek them as opportunities? Right? What can I get from this? What can I get from this, Lord? That's a tough question to ask. And let me tell you something. When you get there and that fa- when your faith is, that's real faith. And I, I've seen that exhibited. And it, it, it is astonishing. I've seen where people have lost loved ones. And I've watched them. And we've seen that. I watched that family minister to people that were mourning and yet they were supposed to be the ones mourning and you're just astonished I remember stepping back and saying man they're going through probably one of the worst trials and yet they're ministering to people they're hurting probably worse than anybody in this room and yet they're ministering to people 2 Corinthians chapter 12 verse 9 says this and we'll close it up here But he said uh, to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore I will boast all the more gladly of my weakness so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. 
you know, we'll close it out there. There's a lot in that statement there. <laughs> my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Uh, Father God, we thank you so much for tonight. We do pray as we thank you for allowing us to finish up uh, chapter 3 of Daniel. Uh, we understand, Lord, that the furnace is being turned up of this world. And, and Lord, we ask you as those trials do come up, uh, we pray that we can be uh, followers of Christ that have real faith, that stand firm, that abound in uh, doing the work of the Lord, that are, uh, that are obedient, um, that, that will stand and, and do the things that we're called to do. Uh, and at the same time, Lord, as we have those trials that come in our lives, Lord, we pray um, that we would ask that question, what, what can I get from this? What good uh, will you show me, Lord, because you're going to show me good. I want to be astonished by this, Lord, even though I'm going through this trial and even though it's hard, I want to I see you move and, and be a part of it. And draw me closer to you, Lord, as we, as we ask that. I, I pray, Father God, for, for those that uh, are here and those that may be watching online. I pray that you would be with them. Uh, allow us, Lord, to, uh, to seek the, the good in the trial and uh, not to question. It's so easy to question. It really is. And, and Lord, I, I pray if there's anybody that's struggling with fury or rage or anger or any of that stuff lord that they can put that aside and that you would heal them of that it's uh it's a dangerous thing it's hard uh for any marriage or any family to to have to suffer through uh someone i i, I speak that from experience because i was that way uh, before christ and and just i i you know at the end of the day lord i pray i know that there's probably somebody struggling with that and so we, we thank you so much for today. We pray for Sunday that's coming up. And uh, we thank you for getting everybody here safely. And we ask that you get them home safely as well. And that they would just have a blessed uh, weekend and uh, rest of the week. We, uh, especially as we get ready to head into Thanksgiving. Uh, we thank you and we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much. That was Pastor Michael Petit from Calvary Divine, Texas. Remember, if you need to get more information on the church, you can do that at calvarydivine.org. God bless.